Xenologic. What's good, guys? And welcome to another episode of the X1 Euro 2020 flip chart. And in today's episode, we are completing the flip chart for the first round of fixtures with the final group, aka the group of death, being the final group being completed. Now, as you already know, France, Germany, Hungary and Portugal are all in this group and it's a group that's been hyped up since the draw was made and also has the key fixture and probably the key fixture for, key fixture for every round of fixtures that we're going to have in the group stage. Obviously the game that everyone was looking forward to was France versus Germany and this, this, and this match will probably be the main focus of the episode. Of course I'm going to talk about Hungary Portugal but that's a simple story. The France and Germany game also quite simple if you look at the grand scheme of things. Obviously Germany lost because of her own goal, Mats Hummels, from a um, Luca Hernandez cross. And obviously Portugal beat Hungary with a late show, 3-0. But before we get on to talking about, you know, CR7 and him breaking the record and all this kind of stuff, even though you probably heard all that stuff already, let's just get on to the big game first. Usually I do this in chronological order, but because, I, because this was the star game of, you know, the first round of fixtures in the group stage it makes sense to talk about it so let's just get straight into it so obviously um when you look at the group of death i'm not even yeah when you look at the group of death france germany portugal hungary out of the three titans of european football yeah hungary are no longer that maybe in the 1960s but not now or 1950s but not now in 2021 Throughout the 21st century, Portugal, France and Germany have been amongst the most vivacious and sparkling sides that, we, that, that have basically played football in this century as a nation. Portugal obviously winning the Nations League, the first ever Nations League, and winning the 2016 Euros, the previous Euros. And France winning um, the 2000 Euros, 1998 World Cup, but that was, nine, that was 20th century. And then you have them reaching the final of the World Cup in 06, and then them winning the World Cup again in 2018. And then we have Germany, 2014, World Cup champions. Consistent semi-finalists in Euros, I believe, throughout the year and reached the final of the World Cup back in 2002. So right here and here, we, we have three of the more prominent nations, international nations of football. But out of the three right now, the team that looks in the worst shape is definitely Germany. After a dodgy loss to Macedonia, I keep bringing this game up because you simply cannot be losing at home to Macedonia. It does not even matter if it's friendly and it doesn't matter if they're even in this tournament. They're only in this tournament because the, the, the amount of teams you get to enter the Euros have been extended. That give them a better opportunity to make it. Sure, they put a good account themselves against Austria, but they still got ripped 3-1. They still lost 3-1. But um, Germany right now are not in the best shape when you look at the three teams. Right now, they have a squad that's currently in transition. Um, they have a outgoing coach who's kind of lost his way in Joachim Law. You know, he was the World Cup manager. He was the 2014 manager as they led as he led the sides to the World Cup. But since then, it's just been downhill from there. He tried to get rid of the likes of Muller, Hummels, and Boateng and all these other guys too early. And now Muller and Hummels are back in the squad as well as Tony Crows. And obviously his plans to transition the team have not worked so well where he's had to recall these players back. 
And due to the, you know, dodgy form after the poor, poor 2018 World Cup performance where they lost to South Korea and I think to Mexico as well and finished bottom of the group, I believe. Germany have plundered to the, to the point where they can actually be in the same group as Portugal and France. I don't know how Portugal and France even get in the group in the first place. Nonetheless, the point I'm making here is they're not in the best of shape. And watching the game, you could tell. France were near their best. Obviously, there's still some particularly excellent performances from the likes of Varane, um, Pavard, um... I'll give Kempembe the benefit that he did all right. Pogba was, of course, amazing. He ran the midfield. Obviously, when he plays for France, he's, he's almost a different beast. Um, Kante is Kante, you know. But France weren't... And obviously, Mbappe was continuously threatening. The amount of times he showed off his absolutely insane pace. Oh, the boy is fast. The boy is fast. Nonetheless, you know, France weren't at 100%. I didn't see them at full flight or full form. And that's the thing about, I've noticed about France's major tournaments. You never really actually see them play at 100%. Obviously, funnily enough, the final of the 2018 World Cup, that was probably the last time I've seen France at full flight at a major tournament. And obviously, um, I know that's the last match they played, so, <laughs> at a major tournament. If you don't count the Nations League. Nonetheless, um, point being is that France weren't 100%. Germany clearly weren't either. But you can tell which of these teams the ceiling is the highest. France are much much backed and hyped by many people to go on and win this tournament just like they were in 2016 when they were the hosts and you can see why you know they weren't a full flight having Benzema coming back into the fold after what a five-year six-year exile big boost obviously Giroud does his thing and he's a very underrated man up front but the reality is he scored no goals in the World Cup when they won the World Cup still without it but he still offered unbelievable you know target man build up play and all that kind of stuff but Benzema offers goals on top of that build up play and that hold up play but point being is Matt Tillman's own goal happened and Germany just didn't look like getting into you know getting back into the game they had the little opportunities and moments but it never looked for sure that they were really gonna come back into the game and you know put pressure on put you know put pressure on front and really question if they can win the game you know, and when I looked at the the formation that was out there, I felt like it's not even utilising the strengths of the players. You've got Joshua Kimmich playing right wing-back. Apparently, when Volland came on, the substitute, he's a forward, isn't he? He plays playing left wing-back as well. You then have Crows and Gundogan as the so-called pivots in midfield. When Kimmich probably would have been a much more better candidate to be one of the pivots there and maybe put someone else at right wing-back. And then you had the three fluid front three of Nabri, Havertz and um, Muller. Obviously, Muller did his thing did his thing in the Bundesliga and throughout last season for Bayern Munich and the season before that. So, yeah, that's fine. But I questioned the um, appearance of Havertz in the lineup. I felt like they would have been better off with an actual striker, a.k.a. Volland or even bloody Werner. But because of how, how much the likes of Werner and Havertz have lost form since moving to England to join Chelsea, these guys are not so much of a threat and a prospect as they might have been before. Obviously, you, you come to wonder, I'm not sure if Marco Royce is in the squad or not, I'll have to double-check that, but if he's not, then that's a big loss, and if he is, they need to use him. Nonetheless, I'm quite disappointed I, didn't, I don't know he's, if he's in the squad or not, but you know them ones in them, and sometimes you blank out. But yeah, literally, Germany just didn't look like scoring, and you know they did have their chances, and you know Robert Gossens, he, he did block um, my guy's shot, when he was on the floor after he completely kamikaze them um, Benjamin Pavard and finally enough Pavard said after the match he was knocked out for 10 to 15 seconds don't know how he was able to still play on but it is what it is 
Point being is France didn't even look 100% and they pulled out the W. It's a huge win for them. You could say that right at the moment, them and Portugal are in the driving seat to be the two automatic winners of that group. And Germany will have to scrap and probably hope to beat Hungary because I don't know if they'll beat Portugal. But after watching Portugal's performance against Hungary, maybe there is some hope. Now, Portugal did win 3-0. But the first goal came in the 8th of minute via a deflected cross resulting in a deflected shot, resulting in a deflected goal. That's, so that's pure luck, number one. And then number two, Rafa, the substitute, came on, got slightly dragged back. You know, sometimes these are given as penalties, some are not. They were, you could say, somewhat fortunate to get the penalty. And then obviously, Ronaldo scored the penalty. Who else could it be? And then Ronaldo scored again after a sweet little um, interchange with. Um, I hope I hope it's Rafa, because <laughs> I've been I've been I've been thinking it's Rafa. But if it's Rafa, I'm, I apologize if it's not him, because if yeah, pointing is Rafa it sounds like he changed the game, and he he probably did. But when you look at the overall picture of the match, it was a very interesting one. You can tell that Hungary had a similar mindset to Sweden when they faced Spain, where they just wanted to be defensively solid as they can. And if they can pinch one or two little opportunities on the break, then they could. But the ultimate goal for them was to walk out there with a deal-deal. And to be fair, they were six minutes away, six plus minutes away from doing so. And they even scored. Shone, I think, one of the... Shone, I think his name is. He was one of the subs. Subs came on. If we timed his run two, three seconds later, we could be talking about Hungary beating Portugal here, just like they almost did back in 2016. But unfortunately, he didn't time his run perfectly. It wasn't meant to be. And, you know, Portugal went on to win the match. All in all, it's an encouraging performance for Portugal because they did knock on the door at least 500,000 times. So they did deserve the three goals when they came. So there's no denying that. It was a solid enough performance. Obviously, again, not again, not a team performing at the highest level, but you know, teams are going to play into form. That's how it works in these tournament games. You just do enough to win the games, the first few games that come, and then hopefully by the time the most important games come, you're at up to performance. So all in all, you could say the group has got off to a very expected start with France and Portugal winning the two games because they were probably the favourites to do so. Germany right now are, are looking. Like they're gonna finish third. Honestly, the performance against France was was encouraging a little bit, but France literally let, let Germany have the ball because they knew they couldn't hurt them, and they knew they had Mbappe lurking on the wings. And when you play with that sort of, sort of comf- comfortability and assurance, then you you know you you know you're gonna go far. So we're gonna expect that from France for sure. But let's see, Jody can figure out their problems and. Potentially, you know, beat Portugal or get a really good result against Portugal, maybe turn the tables around. But all in all, Portugal should be happy with the work. Ronaldo would definitely be happy with his work after breaking the deadlock with Michel Platini to become the all-time goal scorers in Europe, all-time leading goal scorer in Euros in the Euros. Also, the, I think the all-time leading appearance maker. So I guess it makes sense. The man's longevity and consistency is just amazing, and he's a wonderful player. I'll give him that. He's thirty-six years old. Thirty-six years old, and he's still doing it. He's still doing it, so you gotta give him mad appreciation for that. Let's see if he can, you know, rally his his boys up for one more European trophy. Well, I guess we're gonna have to just wait and see for that. But yeah, all in all, that's what's up in the final group, the group of death. So yeah, that's that's it for today's episode. Be sure to catch catch us next next day. <laughs> that doesn't make sense, does it? Be sure to catch us tomorrow for. The second round of fixtures, starting with Group A, 
and I believe Wales, Turkey, Italy, Switzerland. Obviously, Wales is going to be the focus of national attention. England close enough to Wales, home nations. You know how it be. You know what it do. So, yeah. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed this one. And, yeah, I'll see you guys tomorrow.